Hello and welcome to What's the Story Coast. I'm your host, Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 61. Stephen. Annette. Have you... Oh, oh, we haven't played this game in ages. Have you been to Malahide Castle? (laughs) Yeah. I have not. I went to see Eric Clapton there a couple of times. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Um, I am very sick at the moment, so this is going to be a, a, a little on the short episode. It's a decent story, but it will be a shorter episode. I did not fall down any rabbit holes, because as you can hear, I've died in one. Um, we crack on? I was there. <laughs> We've covered many Irish locations that offer a little something extra when you visit. From Loftus Hall in Galway, to Crumlin Road Jail in Belfast, and Lepp Castle in Offaly. But despite living in Dublin practically all my life, I have never visited Malahide Castle. And it doesn't shock me because I've never gone myself, but more so because of the 40 plus weddings that I've been to, I've never been to a wedding there and I feel like I'm missing out, but I digress. Like the places I mentioned above, on the outside, well, excluding Crumlin Road Jail of course, The grand but warm and inviting exterior fills you with a false sense of security. You think to yourself, what a place, this must have been something in its heyday. So if you didn't know these places were haunted, you would probably carry on without a second thought. However, as with Loftus Hall and Lepp Castle, Malahide Castle has a history that in parts is a blunt contrast to its bright and beautiful surroundings. As Vikings settled in Dublin in the 8th century, the Malahide Estuary became their main waterway. Originally a Norman fortress, the estate developed into a Gothic estate with its towers being added in 1625. The lands and castle were granted to Richard Talbot, a knight who was a major asset of Henry II and the Duke of Normandy. He was granted Malahide in 1185 as a reward for his formidable assault on the Irish, marking the beginning of the Talbot dynasty. But as the years went on, little tears began to form in the veil separating us from them after tragedies would continue to strike the family. There are several ghosts said to haunt Malahide Castle and three of them are connected in a weird sort of spectral love triangle. Firstly, we have Miss Maud Plunkett, daughter of the Baron of Killeen, said to be a lovely woman who fell in love with a young soldier, Walter Hussey, Lord Galtrum. Because he was on duty, his father partitioned the Talbots for permission to marry at Malahide, and the Talbots agreed. There are two different versions of Lord Galtrum's and Maud's wedding day. Well, not different, both versions end up bad for Galtrum. One version is that Galtrum was ambushed on his way to the wedding, stabbed and killed by his rival. The other is that Galtrim and Plunkett did actually marry on the morning of Whit Monday 1429, but a few hours later Galtrim was killed in battle. Again it's thought that it was by his rival. Either way, Lord Galtrim's ghost haunts Malahide Castle, wandering the halls, groaning and pointing to the spear wound in his side. The groans may be from his wounds, but some say he's groaning because Maud wed his rival very shortly after his death. I know, gasp. But there's more. Maud's second husband wasn't around long. I couldn't find much on what happened to him, but given the time, I'm guessing he died in battle or from a sweating sickness 
or you know, aqua tofana. But anyway, Maud married for a third time because you did not stay single or widowed back then. If you were in any way still sought after, i.e. still had birthing years left in you, you were married off again. But as is the case with some second or third marriages of the time, it was anything but happy. But not for the reasons you may be thinking. It was Maud who was said to be extremely possessive, and some accounts even say she was abusive to her third husband. According to the legend, Maud and her husband, Lord Chief Justice, fought frequently, and Maud was usually the instigator. It's said that she chased him around the house during their fights. Not much has changed since they both passed. It's believed that Maud's ghost still pursues the Lord Chief Justice's ghost down the halls of Malahide Castle, while poor Lord Galtrum's ghost still pines after Maud. Another ghost of Malahide, and a visitor's favourite, is Puck. I wasn't sure when Puck lived in the castle, but it was said that it was during Henry VIII's reign, so I figured here is as good a time as ever to tell you about him. Puck was the Talbot's jester, but also a watchman who lived in one of the towers. During the reign of Henry VIII, Lady Eleanor Fitzgerald, a kinswoman, was confined to Malahide Castle because of her rebellious tendencies. Puck fell in love with the lady. Some say Puck was so distracted by the lady he hung himself for failing in his sentry duties. Others say Puck was rejected and hung himself in misery. It has also been suggested that the Talbots found the match unsuitable and they were forced apart. Most versions say Puck was mysteriously stabbed on a snowy December night just outside the castle walls. He was wearing his jester suit complete with cap and bells. Puck was found before he died because of course he was. How else would someone have heard him say that thing that everyone says with their dying breath? But with his dying breath, it was said that he vowed to haunt Malahide Castle until a master with a bride from the people would rule the castle. However, he did promise not to harm any male Talbot who slept in the castle. Puck is now a mischievous spirit who enjoys photobombing and playing tricks on staff and visitors alike. He can be found on the minstrel's balcony and behind a tiny locked door where he lived in misery while not performing. Still to this day, no one knows if he was murdered or if he took his own life. The home remained in the Talbot name until 1649 when the Talbot family relinquished ownership to Oliver Cromwell. We all know how much I love Ollie Crom. This brings us to our next ghost, Miles Corbett. Corbett was one of the 59 regicides, members of Parliament who signed the death warrant for Charles I. After Charles I was overthrown, Corbett was granted Malahide by Cromwell. Though I don't condone how people dealt with people they didn't like in the past, I can kind of understand this. During his short tenure, he just about managed to piss everyone off. He was despised locally for several reasons, one being his attempt to outlaw Catholicism, going so far as to attack the local abbey. Now not to be confused with a big fancy house like Downton Abbey kind of abbey. No, the abbey he attacked was the monastery type used by members of a religious order, as in unarmed and men of God. But fear not, karma came looking for him. He had a woeful death. One I fear some of our listeners may find disturbing, but it's necessary to explain, so brace yourself. 
After Cromwell was executed and the monarchy was reinstated, Charles II called for the death of all regicides. As soon as Corbett heard this, he fled to the Netherlands and the Talbots returned to Malahide Castle. Two years later, when Corbett was eventually caught, he was taken back to Malahide and executed. He was hung, drawn and quartered. And for those like me who have heard of this but never really looked into it because why would you want to? I'm not sure if this is the way it's always done or if this method was reserved for the worst of the worst. But for Corbett, he would have been secured to a wooden panel and dragged through the streets to his place of execution where he would have been hanged. But not long enough for him to die. While still alive, he would have been castrated, disemboweled, beheaded and cut into four pieces. The reason I mention all the gory details is that it's his fragmented ghost that's said to roam the halls, usually appearing on the anniversary of his death each year. But he has been known to appear at other times during the year, in a full suit of armour that slowly falls apart into four pieces. Even though the Talbots regained control of their estate, the run of misfortune continued. In July 1690, the infamous Battle of the Boyne took place. That morning, 14 men of the Talbot family sat down to breakfast in the Great Hall before riding into battle. They never returned. In the 1920s, the private papers of James Boswell were discovered inside the castle. I don't know if you know who he is. Wikipedia says he's best known for his biography of his friend and older contemporary, the English writer Samuel Johnson, which is commonly said to be the greatest biography written in the English language. The only reason I knew who he was is because of the term Boswell. It's used to describe a constant companion and observer, especially one who records those observations in print. In A Scandal in Bohemia, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's character Sherlock Holmes affectionately says of Dr Watson, who narrates the tales, I am lost without my Boswell. Lastly, Malahide also has a ghost named the White Lady. Located in the Great Hall is a painting depicting an anonymous woman wearing a flowing white dress. The sad thing is, no one knows who she is or how her portrait came to be at Malahide Castle. Still, on many occasions, this young lady steps out of her portrait and wanders the castle halls and through the grounds during the night. In addition to the unidentified ghosts, there are many unexplained incidences at Malahide Castle, as is the case with most haunted places. Doors that staff have locked unlock themselves, open doors slam shut, unseen hands push people as they walk down the halls, water taps turn themselves on and off. I can't imagine how scary it would be to actually see something fly across the room or see a ghost or apparition walk through a wall right in front of you, although the second was recently explained to me. The reason it's thought that spirits walk through walls is because that wall probably wasn't there when they were there in life. So many apparitions are echoes acting out what they did before they died. Shamad still torments the Lord Chief Justice. That poor man is dying for some peace. He's already dead. <laughs> what did you think of that story, cheeky? <laughs> Imagine being stuck in a bit of a love triangle in general. He's Jedi. dying to be alive. That man, that poor man, though. I like. I feel so bad though because I can't imagine 
when you're when you're forced into your second or your well I don't know if her second was forced but when you're when you're told you have to get remarried for a third time and you're just miserable she was exceptionally paranoid she never wanted him to leave she never wanted to be away from him every time she was away from him she thought he was up to something so I don't know what baggage she brought from her second marriage into this one I'm going with the aqua tofana what's aqua tofana it's the poison that the women of the times used that's why I went with you know I don't know battle sleeping sickness aqua tofana it was I don't know if it was like cyanide or the equivalent um, but I reckon she she, she um, unalived her second husband there's no proof in that whatsoever I, please don't take my word for gospel I'm very sick so very sarcastic it was a good story though it was I actually didn't realise Malahide was uh, I, I think all old buildings have a little bit of history in them yeah. and I'm still a firm believer that it's not necessarily that the buildings are haunted that the people are haunted and that's why certain people can see things but you can't be a building that old like that building's 900 years old and not have a couple of ghosts hanging around in closets mm. waiting to go boo um, you got loads of characters in there though there was loads there was loads there there was potential there was potential so we have possibly five people Maud and Lord Charity Lord what was his name Lord Chief Justice Lord Chief oh sorry the Lord Galtrum was her first husband, first husband. Um, um, we don't know what she did to her second husband and then there's the fellow called Puck who's a jester yep and then Miles Corbett who is he was the one who was hung, drawn and quartered. Now, hung, drawn and quartered is fairly self-explanatory. I had a basic understanding of it, but I didn't realise it was so severe. And it's kind of like, is all that really necessary, lads? Can we not just shoot him in the head? But then again, at the same time, he it's did awful medieval, things. Yeah. He did awful, awful things. I mean, you don't you don't attack a monastery. They're completely defenceless. They can't fight for themselves. I don't know who I'm going to get to play Miles Corbett. But I poke the jester. Yeah. Some of these names you won't... Uh, no, unless you watched. Uh, let's play guest this show. Uh, Musa Mustafa, who plays Eugene in Wednesday. Um, so Maud and Lord Chieftain Galtry was no, first. Ga- oh, Galtrum. oh, Galtrum. Galtrum would probably be one of the younger lads. So, uh, but the where they had him here. Hunter Doohan, who plays Tyler in Wednesday. Now, this isn't fair, because I'm probably the, one of the only people in the whole entire world who hasn't watched Wednesday yet. This is going to yeah. be another thing all over again with, yeah. like, Stranger well, Things. Jones. Oh, very good. I know who she uh, is. <laughs> yeah, and Laura T.P. Wiggums is Louis Guzman. Wait, is Catherine Zeta-Jones in Wednesday? She's Morticia. Stop! I can totally see that. This is like, you mm. created it. Sorry, I just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> uh, I don't... You, you, you'll, you'll know who Louis Guzman is when you see a picture of him. Okay. But he plays... Mr. Morticia? Mr. Adams? <laughs> Do you know what? He is so obsessed with his wife, he would let you call him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who I get to play Miles Corbett. Who do I not like in life? Um, Who would be a good Miles? See, it depends. I haven't found out who the bad guys are in Wednesday yet because I haven't seen all of them. Is Wednesday a movie or a series? It's a series. Oh, really? Yeah, certainly. Oh, cool. Uh, yep. Um, I suppose... What channel is it on? It's on Netflix. Oh, so I can watch it on the, yeah. the Echo. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, well, I suppose... Who would be a bad guy? So far, uh, Jamie McShane, who plays Sheriff Donovan, 
is annoying me. But he probably could <laughs> he could turn out to be a good guy. But like it's 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 not a real show. So let's pull him down for it. Who let's, is that? It's, it's that guy there in the middle. Yeah, he looks like he could. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's <coughs> Louis Guzman there. Oh, I do know him. That's uh, and there Jenny Ortega, who you would have seen. Christina Ricci, who originally played Wednesday, not originally played, but in the nineteen nineties, she played. Um, yes, she Wednesday. did. Yeah. Well, I just said that, and then you obviously know who Catherine Zeta Jones is. And uh, do you recognise this one in the middle here, Gwendolyn Christie? Is she one of those actresses that I know her voice more than I know her? No, you know her face. I don't. She was in Game of Thrones. She was. She's really tall and. Uh, oh, is and he she was... the one who was like the lady warrior? Yeah. I remember when I first got my hair cut blonde. Someone turned around to me and said, "Huh, you look like such and such as if it was an insult." And I was like, "That one was a badass, and I will kick you around mm. the place." That's uh, Musa Mustafa there. Oh, he's adorable. <laughs> He's so cute. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I have an opinion on that, but... I'm telling you, he's cute. Okay. So that's our tiny short story. I'm very sorry it's very short. I am just very sick. And I I have had two seconds to myself this week. I thought that was a great story. I really enjoyed it. Mm. I'm really, really um, keen on going. Um, But it's... I mean, they open it to the public... Have another one of our friends day out in the summer. We could do that. We could definitely do that. Oh, your bring some gluten free bread for Ryan's. Your secret girlfriend that you don't think that I know about, uh, Lizzo, um, <laughs> stayed there uh, last year. I think it was. <laughs> she stayed there last year, and it could have been this year, Stephen. It was one of the big festivals, anyway. Um, and she said that a ghost stole her phone. Now, didn't really steal her phone. Just put her phone in a place that she never would have put it. And as a girl, I can tell you, there's no way that my phone would ever somehow manage to find its way into my glasses case or my makeup bag. So I, I don't know the ins and outs and the exact story, but it ended up in a bag or in a place that she never would have put it. And I'm kind of like, imagine Lizzo coming up to you going, yeah, this place is haunted. I'd be like, I've never heard that story before, but you're Lizzo. So I'm, of course, going to believe you. But the... The castle, they, they do lean into it a little bit. And mm. I love that. You know I hate when people are like, no, it's not haunted. I'm like, this is not going to hurt your business, okay? This is going to help you. Mm. Um, Where we got married, I sometimes have little eerie feelings about whether or not that was haunted. But that place is so old. It is so old. Yeah, sure, your dad got married there. He did. Oh, do you know how old this place is? We can't bring our buggy through the doors in that place. Downstairs um, we can. In the um, upstairs bedrooms we can't. The doorways are too narrow in the old part of the hotel. In the yeah, what should the when we stayed there ourselves after the wedding, the last time we stayed there we had to close the buggy to get mm. into the And it was room. the same in the the hotel, the big white one that we usually stay in when we go down for the killery swim. Long, um, How old is that hotel? That hotel's pretty old. Mm. I don't know, what's the cutoff? Was it like forty, fifty years? I have no idea, I'm not a ghost. <laughs> That would be the epiphany. It's just kind of like, I am so dedicated to this podcast. My husband's a ghost. Um, but that's that's pretty much my story. 
All right. Any questions? No, all good. Say your words. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm very sorry I sound nasally. I really hope it's a, kind of like a sexy, suave thing. Hold on, on. hold my nose. Shut up. Um, if you would like to get in contact with us, any questions or queries on today's episode, our Instagram is what's the story ghost. Email is what's the story ghost at gmail.com. If you have any personal stories, I will hopefully be better if anyone sends in stories. And those are all my words. Exit jingle? Exit jingle. This one goes out to Lizzo. I apologise. <laughs> Are you ready to do? I, I'm doing the. I'm doing the dance. <laughs> Nobody can see Stephen. Bye. Bye. One of I really these days hope. We're I'm so glad now. No, it's that. okay though. One of these days we're going to do an episode for like YouTube just so that people can see the dance.